take me and love me if you want me On today's episode, we talked to writer Allison Hussey about the music of Gillian Welch. This is The Operative. I'm your host, Chris Williams. And he left me with a dark mind. Now I see the bones in so, thank you for talking to me. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, as you know, my name is Allison Hussey. Uh, I am a music journalist. I've been doing it for close to a decade now, which is wild to think about. Um, and I'm taking a jump into the freelance world. I was at Indie Week in Durham uh, for a bit. Uh, now I'm trying new things. So thanks for having me. <laughs> Um, you're from the area originally? Yeah, I grew up in Cary uh, and have only ever lived in the Triangle. So do you want to talk about Gillian Welch? Gillian yes. Welch? Mm-hmm. Almost messed up. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, when did you first uh, come across Gillian Welch? So I think my first encounter with her music was probably through the Your Brother Arthel soundtrack because she's on there. Um, and she actually makes a cameo in the movie, but I had no idea who she was at that time. Um, so I had heard her music through that, but hadn't listened, like, never really, like, dug into her music because I was uh, much younger at the time. Um, and then I actually saw her in concert at Coca Booth Amphitheater um, in, like, 2008. And it was, like, a, it was a big, weird, sprawling tour where there weren't really... From what I remember, there weren't discrete sets. It was kind of everybody coming on and off the stage. And it was her and her uh, partner, Dave Rawlings, Old Crow Medicine Show, the Felice Brothers, um, and Justin Towns Earl. Uh, And they all just kind of played this, like, big, sprawling show. Um, And even then, like, she didn't hook me quite then, again, because I think I was in high school at that point. Um, But... It was when I started working at the radio station at WXYC uh, when I was a DJ there. I just I spent a lot of time just exploring the libraries, um, and I people had told me about Gillian Welch a whole bunch, um, and I found her CDs in the library, uh, and I was like, okay, well, I can rip these right now, and I'm just going to rip them. So I ripped them uh, and very quickly fell in love with her, um, and there was one summer in particular oh oh oh, oh. um so that was like 2010 maybe and then uh 2011 she put out the record the heroin the harvest um and before that her previous record had been issued in 2003 so everybody who had already been really into gillian welch um you know were just was just like waiting 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 for this next record she finally put this next record out and it like Everybody loved it. Um, and I think that around the time that record came out was when I really, like, fully kind of got turned on to it. So that's very, probably much longer than what you needed. But. No, 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 that's exactly. <laughs> um, it's, it's, I noticed that the the last album came out in 2011 mm-hmm. and 2003. I don't know. I, I'm asking you as if you're 
maybe you do know. <laughs> is, is there a reason for there being so much time between her albums? Or? Uh, that... I don't think that her albums have had that big of a gap between them before. And she said in some interviews within the past few years that the reason that that gap was so big, because the gap was so long that it kind of like almost turned into a joke where it's just like, why is this killing Welch record taking so long? Um, or like, when are we going to get it? But she said that she and Dave had started writing songs um, and they were like close to getting something to an album. Um, and then they realized that they were just like super unhappy with everything they had. So they just started over and they said that they real like the reason for starting over was that they didn't want to put out a record that they weren't completely satisfied with, that they weren't completely proud of, that, you know, they were at a point where they were like, well, even if we put out this record that we don't necessarily love, like other people like, people would still buy it, but they wanted to make sure that they were putting out something that they were completely proud of. Um, and, yeah, and I think that that can be, like, a hard... That's got to be, like, a really hard decision to make, but I think it was worth the wait for them. Well, I know that, like, in between time, too, she's is she's also a part of Dave Rawlings' machine, right? Yeah, and they... Dave Rawlings' machine put out their first record in, like, 2009, I think. Okay. Um, so that wasn't necessarily, like, a super active, like, intermediate concern for, for at least that uh, whole period of eight years. So, yeah. So what does her music like mean to you? Like with with some of the people that I've talked to, the, being musicians, like the the music helps like inspire them or influence what they do or what they play, what they write. Does does her music have some sort of impact in some artistic way or with your writing? Or yeah, for her, it's a lot of levels with me. Um, her her songs are so are very frequently about um, like I don't say this in a callous way, but they're kind of about like the losers of the world, or it's just about you know people who maybe didn't. It's like a, it's, so many of her songs are about people who just like didn't get happy endings, um, and like one, I just really love sad songs. Two, the way that she writes these sad songs like they're sad but they're also super they're very full of empathy so <clears throat> her her songs are often kind of about like recognizing that it's it's okay to be sad um which I think is like a good thing to tell ourselves sometimes because I feel like we get a lot of messaging about like just be happy all the time and that's not a that's not reality for anybody really um and so yeah, so she just writes these, like, really beautiful, sad songs, and so much of her writing is concerned with, like, really small details that it's, like, she kind of puts a microscope on the world, um, and just the way that she, like, expresses those feelings is really beautiful, and the way that she even structures her songs, um, she's talked about this, is that, like, she she leaves kind of like a lot of plot holes in some of the stories she tells. So like, you're always kind of wondering like, oh, well, I wonder where that, like, where did this person end up? Or like, she'll, she'll like s stop a story right before you think it's gonna like come to a neat ending. She'll just, she'll stop it like before it gets there. So you're kind of left wondering with, you're kind of left with, with like a short story cliffhanger of like, whoa, what happens next? Uh, and that's just like, 
one of one of many things I love about her. And two, yeah, and like when I felt like really down and sad, her records have always been a comfort of. It's I don't know her, even just the way she sings speaks like very specifically to me that it, it always just feels like such a comfort. Yeah. It's and it, she's someone that you that you frequently listen to. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think that I. I mean, I keep her music like on my um, phone all the time because um, it's her records for me are kind of something that I can always turn, always go back to, and kind of like recalibrate myself and feel like I have my feet back on the ground again because like I know that, um, you know, I know that like this is how Time the Revelator is going to go and it just kind of is like a when I'm feeling really kind of embroiled in like chaos or I'm just like unsure about everything I can turn to these records that I know front and back and just like find stability and security in them again (laughs) what do you think you mentioned that you weren't as into her initially like what do you think that it was that kind of drew you more to her like over time um, I think when I first encountered her music, I just wasn't generally as into folk and like acoustic music mm-hmm. anyway. Um, I, I mean, I think that probably when I first saw her, I think the stuff I was listening to most of the time was like pop punk and emo mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff. So, and like, uh, even if some of her sentiments are, I never knew like, that about you. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> I'll have to fill you in on that because that's quite a chapter in my life. Uh, But so uh, she just like wasn't somebody who I was really like looking for at Mm. the time. Um, And then once I started getting more into the folk world, um, you know, people would always say like, oh, do you listen to Gillian Welch? Uh, And the more people asked me that, the more I was like, oh, I should listen to her. Um, And then when I finally did, it was, you know this is exactly what I needed, you know? Um, if people were trying to get into Gillian Welch, mm-hmm. um, are there particular tracks that you are fond of, or are there, is there a particular album that you think are, is more accessible mm-hmm. for people? Or? Uh, there are a couple of different routes you could go with it, <laughs> which I feel like also speaks to my just like obsessiveness because I've thought about this a bit. Um, I think that generally it is it is pretty pretty like evenly regarded that like time the revelator is kind of like the the one to start with um, because it's it's her doing some like really really strong songwriting. Um, there are kind of some like narrative uh, threads on that record that are easy to follow, um, and it just it feels like this very like whole complete like statement on what you're gonna get with Gillian Welch. Um, I also really the hero and my and the harrow and the harvest is also a really fantastic record. Um, I think that if people have heard a Gillian Welch song, it's probably something off of Soul Journey. Um, because she does have a couple of songs. She's never quite had, like, she's never had something like a top 40 hit, mm. for, for example. But if people have heard a Gillian Welch song, it's probably Look at Miss Ohio or um, possibly, like, Wrecking Ball. Uh, and both of those are on. Or um, Wayside, Back in Time, uh, which has been covered by a couple of different bands, I think. Those are all on the same record. 
so uh, it kind of depends on like what so like yeah it just kind of depends on like what you think you want and what you're looking for if you want to listen to some more stuff that sounds like the Gillian Welch you may have heard before maybe Soul Journey would be where you start if you just want to like really dive all the way in the pool Time the Revelator and if you want something in between Hair in the Harvest (laughs) (laughs) well you were talking to me the other day about her experience with or coming to terms with um, like living through the whole Napster mm-hmm. stuff in the early 2000s. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so she wrote the song Everything is Free, which in the last couple of years has had um, kind of a resurgence in popularity with the rise of streaming and the ways that, uh, you know, musicians just aren't really getting paid fairly anymore. Um, and, you know, they haven't been for a long time. But uh, Time the Revelator came out uh hang on i needed to back up (laughs) so she she wrote um everything is free kind of when napster really started to take hold uh i think around like 2000 2001 and she said that she realized she told rolling stone this last year um that she realized that this meant that she would never really be able to have a career as a musician and she described herself as being inconsolable because she thought that napster meant the end of her dream forever and she'd already at that point kind of had um revival is the name of that other uh-huh. record that i could think about uh she had already had like a pretty okay she'd had like a pretty respectable songwriting career she wrote songs for other people um but she hadn't quite like pulled herself up to the next level and so she for her when she saw like napster coming in um for her she thought that she would never be able to get up to that next level. History has proven otherwise because now she's like one of the most, she's like the biggest name in her game right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but so she wrote this song um, that now, I mean, it's almost 20 years old, but it sounds like it could have been written yesterday. And she's, you know, there are lines in there about like, um, I could get a straight job. I've done it before. Um, it's not it's not the work I'm doing, it's who I'm working for, I think is one of the lines in there. Um, And yeah, that song is just like so, even though it speaks to like one specific moment in her life, it's now become this sort of like universal anthem for our current condition, Mm -hmm. which feels very strange. (laughs) Well, yeah, I I noticed that the article that you sent several people, including like Father John Misty, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, covered in recent years and yeah sylvanesso did a version of it for the av club um mm-hmm. with jen wasner from y oak and flock of dimes that version's really great courtney barnett has done it mm-hmm. um yeah so now it's become kind of like a almost like a statement to cover it because father john misty covered that song at the spotify offices oh so, wow. okay. so like <laughs> that you know in his way was kind of his like middle finger and yeah. like screw you guys so that's that. <laughs> um, is there anything that you, when like looking to- toward the future, assuming that she'll release, I assume that she continues to, while she doesn't put out albums, she continues to write. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there something that looking forward that that you, when you know that she's written stuff that that you're looking for that you're hoping for mm-hmm. from her stuff or is it just that that you're willing to because it, 
you are a fan that you're just willing to take whatever she's willing to to put out i mean i i can't pretend like i wouldn't just be like please give me anything that like i will take anything that gillian Walsh puts out because she could she's got such a skill for writing that i feel like even her the stuff that she thinks is like garbage is still probably better than half of what's out today at least um but I interviewed her back in the fall um and she I asked her about like what kind of what kind of stories did she want to tell that she hadn't gotten to tell yet and she said that she wanted to do she said that she hoped to keep writing more songs from her perspective now as like a 50 year old woman and her songs for me have brought so much comfort uh specifically in the context of like anxieties of like a young person being really unsure about what your future looks like or sometimes even what your present looks like um and i'm i feel like that those songs have been with me through a lot of growth so i would be most excited to hear like as i continue to get older i'm not a 50 year old woman yet but (laughs) i'll get there (laughs) um and i yeah i would love to just like be able to kind of like keep growing along with her songs like not that I only need Gillian Welch music to keep growing but you know as I move through different phases of life I would love to hear songs from her that like fit that journey too you know what I mean yeah yeah that makes sense so yeah yeah. so yeah I want to hear like Gillian Welch's like midlife perspective like what 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 anxieties do I have to look forward to Um, you said that you were able to interview her, and that's I like talking to people about their their experiences with getting to meet these people that they are fans of, whether <laughs> it's a, a band getting to open for another band mm-hmm. or uh, from mine getting to do posters for one of his favorite bands. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like for you to be able to to meet her and talk to her? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> just uh, just as a as a person rather than being this you know like otherworldly sort of thing that you can't touch or yeah <laughs> so when i interviewed her in the fall it was just over the phone and she was like she was so kind and like generous with her like time and answers and she was so exuberant like everything that she was telling me about she's like excited to be talking about it which like i i always just love hearing people speak passionately about their work whatever it is mm. so that was really cool but i actually did get to meet her I think it was it was in 2016 um i was working at a music festival not in my like journalist capacity but i had been hired on contract by the festival i was essentially a babysitter for bands and media people who were at this festival just kind of like making sure people were where they needed to go um and there was a late night show that was in like a different building um and Gillian Welch and Dave Rawlings were performing at this festival earlier in the evening and the way that this like late night show that they have every year they have like a certain number of guests book who are definitely going to come up to the come to this thing um and it's kind of like like that show I was talking about earlier it's kind of like revolving format people will just like hop in on songs with people and it's really fun but then also part of the fun of it is you know who else playing the festival is going to like show up by surprise at this thing so i was there to like help in the backstage area um and also to just like kind of hang out a little bit and then the rumor started that dave and gillian were gonna come and they came there were some of their 
first people there. Um, they jammed with everybody all night, which was really cool that they were like so just down to hang out with like everybody and that to see them still get such joy out of this. But uh, while we were hanging out in the backstage area, um, I was standing near like a food table and Gillian Welch comes up and like goes to get a beverage out of like a little canister that was next to me and she's like two feet away from me and I don't get starstruck really anymore but in this moment I was just like oh my god my like the woman who like wrote songs that helped see me through like the worst parts of my life is two feet away from me I have to say hello um and I think I was just like making small talk I was just like oh is that like coffee or tea in that canister and we started chatting and then this killed me uh as we're chatting she goes oh I'm Gillian it's so nice to meet you and like sticks out her hand and I had to like stop myself from like falling in the floor and be like I know who you are Uh, yeah for me it was just like uh, I think it's risky to like call somebody your hero because that puts like a lot of pressure on them Uh, but it's like it was just such a like a cool kind human moment where it was just like a regular person but for me it was very meaningful to just like yeah get to meet this person who was also just like very chill and very nice and like She's a cool lady. Like, I want to hang out with her all the time. Um, but, yeah, so that was very exciting. And I think that was... No, I I think I had already, like, really kind of started doing, like, full-time, or mostly full-time journalist stuff, journalism stuff at that point. But, yeah, that was very special. <laughs> I think I told that story in, like, the worst way possible, but whatever. <laughs> it was great. Uh for people that aren't that don't know, we already covered like what you would suggest. Mm-hmm. But, but is there anything that someone who's new to her should know before going in, or get ready to get sad? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think that like her songs can be can move like at a pretty slow pace. Mm-hmm. Like it's, but if you just are like patient and sit with them and like really listen to what she's singing uh and two dave rawlings um his like guitar work on all of these songs is incredible too so like he just does she'll be singing this like really beautiful song and you can listen to that and lean into the lyrics all you want to but then it's also worth like re-listening to some of this stuff like just to listen to dave rawlings guitar parts because he plays this like old pretty busted i think like 1930s Gibson acoustic guitar that has such a unique tone and what he does with it like the it's like picking patterns and the notes that he plays are just I, I don't it's hard to describe his guitar style but it's very distinct and you should listen to Dave Rawlings as much as Gillian Welch even within the same song <laughs> does he this he perform on all of the albums or the, mm-hmm. I guess uh, I know that they're they're like songwriting partners mm-hmm. but has he been with her the the entire time or? yeah and there's a really great New Yorker article from like the mid 2000s um I'm really revealing my like turbo nerdery here but there's a great like really old New Yorker album where they talk about how like 
even if it's like quote unquote Gilly and Welch, uh, it's pretty much always going to be the two of them playing. So it's never it's pretty rare that you'll ever see Gilly and Welch play without Dave, because um, like yeah, the two of them really like inform each other a lot. Even if yeah, they just their collaboration and their like intimacy with each other as like collaborators on some of these songs is really beautiful so, yeah that's uh, the 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 tracks that you suggested for this i was i i told you i was very impressed <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah I, I i really enjoy i i enjoyed getting to do the uh, go through and listen to all the tracks and get ready for this cool yeah i was so. glad that you i was yeah, not that I thought that you would just be like, I hate this, but I was glad that I was, because I know that that's like, that's certainly in line with like stuff I listen to, but I feel like it's not really what you listen to. Yeah, as no, well. it, it, it's, it's not, not quite my wheelhouse, but, but it, uh, it was, I, I really enjoyed it a yeah. lot. Yeah, so, and I guess that's the other thing. It's just like, even if you think you don't like quote unquote folk music, like, if you like sad songs about like, and not, not all of her songs are that sad. I'm overstating it a bit. But if you just like songs about like low down people and like w- cool, like interesting stories told in a unique way, like e- even if you have like a literary interest in it, she's worth listening to. Yeah, yeah it's, it sounds like I don't want to say, I, I, I don't mean to put it down when I say that, that her songwriting. The structuring and everything sounds very standard, but but there there there's a level of comfort that mm-hmm. comes with with the the tracks that I listen to. At least, mm-hmm. So yeah, and she really ju- does just like cut to the bone on some emotional stuff. Like I think one of the songs I uh, sent you was Elvis Presley Blues, mm-hmm. um, which and when I saw her play one time, she said that she had written that song after sitting like at a bar or something and there was some guys sitting nearby her who were just like laughing at how Elvis died by himself in his bathroom and she was like that was so sad to me that that was all Elvis had been reduced to to them was just like a joke and so like Elvis Presley Blues is about just like thinking about being lonely and like how lonely of an existence Elvis must have had because he was a like meteor in a world where like nobody like him existed mm-hmm. and even stuff like that you're just like god <laughs> like, <laughs> i had never thought of elvis that way but she's right. right um and yeah she just like really finds the the beauty in empathy and, and sadness sometimes what's you mentioned that she'll get on stage and she'll she'll be with other people or she'll be with dave rollins what mm-hmm. what are her live shows like are they, I, again, this not being really my wheelhouse, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I wouldn't know <laughs> what to expect from, uh, from a, one of her shows. Um, so her live show, it's usually just like her and Dave and, um, I don't even, I can't even remember if he gets a mic. I think, I think that he does, but it's usually just like two mics. They have either like a little stool or a little table between them. And on that, ta- on that like stool or table is this little box that every time like the the box is as much of a part of the band as the two of them uh it's their little case of like 
picks and stuff and um i think she's got like a piece of paper that's like a hamburger receipt that uh she uses for kind of an effect on one song but her performances are always like very simple very stripped down like and it's all you need and when i've seen her i've seen her play in like theaters where people are seated and it's already kind of in an environment that you want to be quiet in but Mm -hmm. even when i've seen her at places like the hall river ballroom where it's all standing room and sometimes people are a lot more chatty even in a room like that it's quiet she just has such like a commanding presence she doesn't like berate the audience or anything but something people demands that that level of respect yeah and like you want to listen to her like you you want to shut up and, yeah. and listen and yeah her songs just like very quiet and she just like very quietly commands that which i think is amazing that you can control a room just yeah. by being quiet <laughs> yeah that's pretty impressive <laughs> yeah uh well yeah is there anything else that you want to say um not that I can think of. I feel like this is just a very condensed version of the rant that I usually give people when they ask me why I like Gillian Welch so much. Um, yeah, she's just great. Just I can't I can't say enough good things about her or her songs, and she's wonderful. <laughs> well, thank you for talking to me. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Yeah. The Operative is produced in conjunction with Radio Nope. For a full listing, go to radionope.com.